Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. All right, welcome everyone. Uh, I'm Paul Stone. It is Wednesday, November 9th, about 7 p.m. Central as I record, and this is episode 77 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, and this week's podcast titled thinking out loud and what i'm going to do in this podcast is just kind of go through some of the certainly not a, a probably a fraction even of what i go through each week and handicapping games and what i look at and what i view as important and thoughts that i have and, and maybe some of it's not so much even information or data that i use in the handicapping process but rather just information and points that i might bring out and media appearances and things like that. But I'm just going to go over a few things just kind of random as I've been doing many weeks during the college football uh, season to this point. And here we are already to week 11 of the 2022 college football season. And without further ado, I'm going to go right to a game um, that was played this past Saturday night in South Bend, Indiana. And Notre Dame and Clemson uh, squaring off in that game. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, if you watch the game or read about the game or follow the game in some fashion, you know that Notre Dame pretty much dominated this affair from beginning to end. The Irish led 14-0 to at halftime, extended that lead to 28-0 to uh, early in the fourth quarter, and just thoroughly dominated Clemson. In this game, the Irish ran for 263 yards against Clemson, averaged 5.6 yards per carry. Notre Dame had a pair of 100-yard rushers. Two games prior to that, Florida State, they got beat uh, by six points. I believe it was 34-28 Clemson. But in that game, the Seminoles ran for 206 yards against Clemson averaging 6.1 yards per carry. So you can see kind of a pattern there. Uh, Clemson having difficulty stopping the run. You can take it back a little bit prior to that. And in the final, uh, on the final Saturday of September, rather, at home there in Winston-Salem, Wake Forest scored 38 points uh, in regulation versus Clemson. And I all I bring all this out because I really, and I think others were with me, but I'll be responsible for my own actions or opinions. I really thought Clemson was going to have a great defense this year. You know, I said oftentimes uh, in preseason interviews, I don't think they're going to have a defense that's, you know, 2021 20, Georgia good, but I think they're going to be really good. 
and I thought they might have the best defense in college football in 2022, primarily based on the front seven. You know, just having people up front, especially on that front four, that are very talented, five-star recruits, depth, things like that. You know, injuries and absences have certainly played a role, uh, but there's more to it than that. This defense just not playing up to the level I thought they would. Uh, the media, you know, can talk all they want to about DJ Uyangale, Um, But the Tigers, and I'm not defending him necessarily because he, he still has uh, strides to make. He still looks uncomfortable and, and somewhat unnatural in his decision-making processes from the quarterback position, the all-critical quarterback position. But the Tigers have more problems than just DJ Uyangale. You know, they're not uh, what we expected defensively. I do think, with that said, that uh, DJU is clearly now on a short leash. I think there's a good chance that we'll see true freshman Cade Klubnik in meaningful action, you know, sometime during their one of their final three regular season games. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But Clemson, you know, I guess they have some pathway to the playoff, but I would say their playoff aspirations are pretty much done. My next point or the next topic that I want to speak about, I'm going to give it a title here. The demise of Alabama is greatly exaggerated. You know, I heard in the in the offseason one Las Vegas insider who uh, merits a whole lot of respect. He said during the uh, the offseason that Alabama, this year's team, the 2022 version, was one of the highest power ranked teams in the history of his power rankings. And, you know, I was really surprised at that. I certainly preached a different narrative during the offseason. Certainly, Alabama is going to be ranked in the preseason in the top three of anybody's power rankings. You know, anyone that knows what they're doing without bias and regionalism and things like that, they're going to be in the top three. But I preached, again, a different narrative. You know, they clearly didn't have the field-stretching wide receivers that they had had on some of their outstanding, you know, recent past editions. Nobody like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, you know, people like that. Uh, just didn't have those kind of didn't have those kind of people. Uh, didn't have a great tight end to speak of. So, you know, I I didn't again, I thought they would be good. I thought they could certainly, you know, just year in and year out. Alabama in its current state, the current state of its program, you know, they're going to have a legitimate chance to win the national championship. So what I'm saying is I just didn't believe that they were historically good, that they were, as he indicated, you know, a a very, very high power-ranked team from a historical viewpoint. You look at their season so far, obviously they have two losses, but you look at those losses, and for those of us who make power rankings, Their two losses are both road losses to two of the nation's top teams, Tennessee and LSU. Both of those games literally came down to a single play. You know, if they make one play or somebody, you know, misses a field goal or fails on a two-point conversion this past Saturday, 
in Baton Rouge. They could have won either or both of those games as easily as they lost them. And we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're handicappers, you know. We're not mainstream media guys, you know, just throwing the same stuff, spewing the same stuff out there. You know, we consume games differently than most people do. You know, you look at those games, and Tennessee and LSU both had tremendous home field advantages. You have to attribute or attach a four-point home field advantage to both of those teams in those games against Alabama at the very least. So what my point is, is no two ways about it. From a handicapping perspective, Alabama's individual game power rating in both of those games was actually higher than the winning team. You know, Tennessee and, and LSU, again, if you, you handicap a game when you're when you're looking at a power ranking, you're going to look at it from if the game was played in a neutral setting. So again, Alabama's individual game power ranking higher than the uh, victorious team in both cases. Even though I say that, and even though Alabama, anybody who keeps power rankings again, and I hate to put it this bluntly, but that knows what they're doing, I could see Alabama at number four in true power rankings, but they're really number three. But I still, as I say that, I'm not really viewing them quite at that level because I'm concerned. You know, I think they could lose another game this season, probably most likely in the bowl game, because they're used to playing for the gold ball. You know, they're used to playing for national championships. And I think there's clearly a chance, and they do have right now, they still have a, you know, glimmer of hope to make the playoff in some people's eyes. There still seems to be a pathway. So maybe it doesn't come this week at Ole Miss. But I just believe there's a chance that, especially as teams win, if TCU continues to win, or some teams that might be perceived to be ahead of them continue to win, the chips don't fall their way. I believe there's a chance their overall preparation, their collective team mental psyche, their attention to detail, you know, those things might be lacking uh, when their playoff, you know, chances are clearly extinguished. You know, at this point, maybe they're not on life support, uh, but they're at least in serious condition. So, you know, th there's no question, you know, this is not an Alabama team that is at the same level of some of these recent years. So the tide has certainly shown itself to be immortal in 2022. But while I say that, again, rumors of the tide's demise, in my opinion, have been greatly exaggerated. And you don't have to look any further than ESPN's 20. 23 top 300 list of recruits. Early signing period is next month in December, about one month from today. Alabama, if you look at that list, and ESPN's one of many, uh, but they're all, you know, they're all about the same, and ESPN certainly has a strong reputation, and they um, are, are not just throwing this thing together uh, without great uh, 
study and and following it with many many reporters so uh i certainly think they have a a valid list there but you look at their top 300 recruits on espn's free site alabama currently commitments from seven of the nation's top 28 recruits and that's what it's all about folks i don't think nick's going anywhere You know, some of you are here right now. You might say, Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. Or you might ask, Paul, which are the nation's most overrated teams as we enter week 11 of the college football season? And to that, I might respond, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you a couple of teams that I believe are overrated uh, they're only separated ge- geographically by 100, about 130 miles, 125 miles. So I'll probably endear myself even further uh, to fans in that part of the country. But again, we're trying to win bets. We're not trying to win friends and influence people, so to speak. You know, first of all, I- I've heard some pundits suggest that North Carolina just may have a pathway to the college football 14 playoff. And perhaps they do, but whether they do or they don't, the Tar Heels, in my opinion, are overrated. The Tar Heels, 8-1 and one on the season, uh, their only loss being a 13-point uh, home loss uh, to Notre Dame in Week 4. Uh, the Irish victory uh, was pretty much sandwiched in between home losses uh, to um, Marshall and Stanford for Notre Dame. So Notre Dame at that time was not playing that well, but they did go into Chapel Hill and beat the Tar Heels, I believe, by 13 points. I don't have the score reflected here, but I think it was by 13 points. It was certainly double digits. We look at this North Carolina team on the road. They are 5-0 and on the road uh, this year, and they have a trip coming up this Saturday, November 12th, to Winston-Salem to face a struggling Wake Forest team. But if you look at that 5-0 and record that North Carolina has assembled to this point, four of those road victories by only three points or less to Appalachian State, Miami, Duke, and Virginia, not exactly a murderer's row of college football's upper echelon. They also, their other road game, beat Georgia State of the Sun Belt Conference by seven points in week three. So if you look at that, the Tar Heels are plus five in what Phil still calls net close wins, and those being games decided by seven or fewer points. You win or you lose. They've won five of those types of games. They've lost none. The Tar Heels plus five in net close wins. Those things tend to regress to the mean uh, at some point. You look at North Carolina's strength of schedule, ranked 65th currently by Jeff Sagren. Their actual ranking, the Tar Heels, both Sagren and another guy who I reference his power ranking, Sonny Moore, both of those guys have North Carolina 40th in their power rankings, which is about where I do uh, as well. You look at the traditional polls and the playoff poll, Uh, The uh, coaches currently have North Carolina 14th in the nation, the AP 15th, 
And the most important of all, the college football playoff poll has the Tar Heels 15th in the nation. Again, Sagrin, Sonny Moore, and myself right in the range of number 40. You likely won't hear the national media uh, lamenting uh, North Carolina's unmerited ranking, so I'll do it for them. And I'll say this, I love Mac Brown. You know, he's one of the good guys in college football, one of the very best. But North Carolina, they're, they're just not a top 15 team. Uh, in the eyes, uh, certainly in the eyes of those who on occasion uh, will risk 11 to get back 10, they're not even a top 25 team. Of course, you look at this game, Wake Forest favored by three and a half, which basically indicates these teams would be even on a neutral field, so kind of supports uh, the narrative that I'm presenting here. I would probably, with Wake currently favored by three and a half, I'd probably hold off, watch the screen, see if some three eventually pops up, and try to take Wake Forest minus three. If you got to take three and a half, you know, take three and a half at some point. But Wake, I think they're going to win this week. I think they're going to beat North Carolina, and I think they're going to beat them by six or more points. We're going to move now uh, just slightly to the north, to uh, North Carolina's neighbor to the north, the state of Virginia, for the other overrated team. And this is also, I mean, and I'm not just saying this, this is also a team that embodies everything I love about college football. I mean, they're the underdog. They're the little guy. Uh, They haven't been competing at the FBS level very long. They have a former SEC coach who's looking for a second chance. Uh, He's trying to resurrect and rebuild his career, if you will. And you've probably guessed this one by this point. I'm talking about the independent Liberty Flames, uh, based there in Lynchburg, Virginia. If you're one of my members, one of my subscribers, uh, you probably remember, I hope you remember, that Liberty plus 13.5 over Arkansas was one of my previous selections this past weekend, as was LSU plus 13.5 over Alabama. Uh, They both not only covered, but both those teams won outright is nearly two touchdown underdogs, but we're going to go into that more just a little bit later. But like North Carolina, Liberty also 8-1 and one this season. And in its last two games, probably their most impressive victories, I would say for sure, I don't think too many people would argue it, their most impressive victories of the season coming over the last two weekends. They defeated BYU at home, big, uh, by a 41 to 14 margin two weeks ago, fell behind in that game actually 14 to three, and then rallied with 38 unanswered points to win that game big 41 to 14. BYU not quite as good as some people maybe thought they were in September, and then this past weekend Liberty travels to Fayetteville, Arkansas, to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks of the SEC West. Uh, they win that game, hold on, and win that game 21-19. to 19. Uh, They caught, uh, Arkansas caught the Flames in a, you know, in a difficult scheduling situation right in the middle of their SEC schedule. Arkansas had an ailing quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, you know, clearly hurting. But I emphasize, the Flames took care of business. They did what they had to do. 
they took care of their end of the deal. And what a huge victory for that program to beat an SEC West team uh, on the road. Liberty schedule, though, a little bit uh, of the reason for my determination or my belief that they are overrated. That schedule still only ranked 109th in the nation by Sagarin. Jeff Sagarin actually has Liberty 65th, so right in the middle of the FBS power rankings. Sonny Moore, even lower. He has Liberty at 73rd. I have them a little bit higher, and I don't have my rankings right in front of me. I left them at the office, but I have them slightly higher than both Sagarin and Sonny Moore. But I'm right there in that range. Liberty, when you look at the AP and the coaches poll, 19th in both the AP and the coaches poll. Um, the, the playoff uh, committee did not rank them in the top 25, but I feel Liberty, an overrated team, and they are actually uh, traveling to Connecticut this week. They'll play at Connecticut as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, so a different role. They've been... Uh, underdog the last two weeks, and now they lay a little more than two touchdowns in a road game at another independent, uh, UConn, which is having a really good year under first-year head coach Jim Mora, Jr. Now for my shameless plug of Paul Stone Sports. Uh, we're off our best weekend of the year. Went 8-2 and two against the spread uh, last weekend, including the two outright winners as two touchdown underdogs that we talked about earlier, Liberty and LSU. Hope to continue that performance this weekend and, for that matter, all the way through the bowl season. And you can join me starting today for just $229. That's for the remainder of the regular season, all the way through the national, all the bowls, all the way through the national championship game in January. For just $229. Uh, if interested, please visit paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. Additionally, you know, you're going to see other football packages for sale uh, on the site. In addition to my full season college hoops package, the college basketball season got started two days ago on Monday, November 7th, and it's uh, fully in motion at this point. And you'll also see one of my more popular packages, my college football and hoops combo package. So that's available as well. Hope you decide to give us a try. But in any event, whether you do or not, may all your wagers, or at least most of them, be winners. Going to look now, we're going to look at that UConn Liberty game. That's going to be the comp pick this week. Again, UConn hosting Liberty uh, there in East Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, last week, uh, again, Liberty defeats Arkansas 21-19. They jumped out to a 21-0 first-half lead. Never trailed uh, in route to that stunning 21-19 victory in Fayetteville. But Liberty, they were getting two touchdowns in that one. This week, they're giving two touchdowns. And I think UConn's going to keep this game relatively close. Again, Jim Mora Jr., their first-year head coach, he has done an absolutely phenomenal job in his first year as UConn's head coach. The Huskies, the last several years, they've been a perennial, I mean a perennial entry in the bottom 10 uh, rankings that some publish. They didn't even field a team 
two years ago in 2020 due to, to the pandemic. And entering this season in their last 41 games dating back to the middle of 2017, UConn was only 4-37 and 37 straight up. Again, just 4-37 and 37 straight up in their last 41 games entering this season. This season, however, the Huskies enter with a 5-5 five and five mark right at 500. They need a victory at home over Liberty this weekend or on the road next weekend at Army. Win either game and they achieve bowl eligibility. <clears throat> Again, this Liberty team overranked, in my opinion, at 19th in both the AP and coaches poll and also something to consider in the handicap of this Liberty-UConn game. The Flames, they have a highly anticipated trip on deck next weekend to Blacksburg to play ACC Big Brother in-state Big Brother Virginia Tech. The Flames, looking at this year in the role of a big favorite, they've been favored by 24 points or more three times this year to this point. They failed to cover all three, and they won two of those games only by single digits. And that was, again, in the case of them being favored in all three of those games by 24 points or more. They did win all three outright, but they failed to cover any and only won by single digits to two of them. They failed to cover five of their last six games when cast as a double-digit favorite. So this is not their preferred point spread role, giving more than two touchdowns on the road. So with that in mind, among other factors, UConn plus 14 and a half this weekend in East Hartford, Connecticut over the Liberty Flames. Well, that does it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Appreciate you listening to me. Another great weekend of college football. Just keeps going. This is week 11. I'm going to be gone before we know it, but it's been an enjoyable season. Uh, It's been a fun season. Until next time, signing off once again, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions. 